The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast, will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I like it. And you have a great manicure. I'm keeping my hands out of sight. Like, oh, I'm, and I'm getting them done today. They're like oh, little, I, they're, good. you know what? God they're, damn it. I went to high school in New Jersey. I know. You will. And by the way, that's a good thing. Like if it shows in your hands that you grew up in and you went to high school in New Jersey, that's the right place for it to show up. Exactly. <laughs> Every now and then I just need a little dose exactly. of, my, of my Jersey years. I also have man hands, so no, you anything, don't. Anything that makes them look, I love your I'm hands. Like, They're beautiful. They could palm a basketball. Yeah, totally. <laughs> a friend of mine said he saw my hands. He goes, Christ. He goes, last time I saw hands that big, they had a Super Bowl ring on them. <laughs> Hello, I'm Minnie Driver. Welcome to Mini Questions Season Two. I've always loved Proust's questionnaire. It was originally a 19th century parlor game where players would ask each other 35 questions aimed at revealing the other player's true nature. It's just the scientific method, really. In asking different people the same set of questions, you can make observations about which truths appear to be universal. I love this discipline. And it made me wonder, what if these questions were just the jumping off point? What greater depths would be revealed if I asked these questions as conversation starters with thought leaders and trailblazers across all these different disciplines? So I adapted Proust's questionnaire and I wrote my own seven questions that I personally think are pertinent to a person's story. They are, when and where were you happiest? What is the quality you like least about yourself? What relationship, real or fictionalized, defines love for you? What question would you most like answered? What person, place, or experience has shaped you the most? What would be your last meal? And can you tell me something in your life that's grown out of a personal disaster? 
And I've gathered a group of really remarkable people, ones that I am honoured and humbled to have had the chance to engage with. You may not hear their answers to all seven of these questions. We've whittled it down to which questions felt closest to their experience or the most surprising or created the most fertile ground to connect. My guest today is actor, author, entrepreneur and model Brooke Shields. Brooke evolved from child superstar to Princeton alum to having a successful career in TV. And I don't think many people have negotiated four decades of being in the spotlight with such grace and humor. It was an absolute pleasure to have this conversation and I'm really happy to share her insightful answers to my big questions. I do want to point out, in the first minute or so of the third question of the episode, Brooke discusses a friend of hers who took their own life. So take care while listening and please feel free to skip ahead if you so choose. When and where were you happiest? I have to say that I I remember one specific moment. I had just gotten married to Chris. I had gone to New York to do cabaret and 9-11 happened and he couldn't get to me. I obviously couldn't get out of New York and it was this just very fraught period of time and we were the first show to go back and everything was just fraught and scary and sad. And when my run ended, I went back to Los Angeles and we went to someone's house in Malibu and the weather was perfect. And I walked down to the beach and I just started dancing, just free dancing. My husband was my new husband. My mom wasn't either in jail or in the hospital. <laughs> and I, wa- I wasn't getting a phone call like that. That's, I lived in that, you know, oh my God, at any moment, something's going to happen. She had been was in a facility where she was taken care of. So I didn't have to worry about her. And I just started dancing up and down like an idiot on the beach. And I just remember thinking, this is freedom. This is happy. And it's funny because I don't particularly love LA. And, you know, I didn't have a job. Normally that makes me panic. And I had just finished a job and I was so depleted physically and emotionally. But to just be able to feel the breeze and have my feet in the water and just dance down the beach. It was, I just remember thinking, wow, this is a gift. Remember this, because this is what peaceful feels like. Oh my gosh, how... That's quite, I'm just going back to a sentence that you said that, you know, I was feeling good. My my mom wasn't in jail and she was taken care of. Like just the thought that, you know, that that's a barometer for a person in their life is, is quite intense. Well, that she, she wasn't on the side of the road. She yeah. wasn't, she hadn't just had a stroke. She hadn't, it was like everything in my life had been gauged around her being alive and the responsibility that was mine in my mind, to keep her alive. I mean, the irony of also that is my version of finding peace and joy yeah. has to have come from 9-11. That's what I was just going to say. Eight shows a week. That was it. But that, <laughs> was my, that was my next question was, is happiness predicated on this idea that really hard things have to have happened before you can feel that freedom and allow yourself to feel happy? earn it. 
It's like I have to have earned it. Where that comes from is so, so deep. It's probably the alcoholic mother. It's a child actress from such a young age. And what I did was I crafted things that I knew would be there for me in spite of being an actress or famous Mm. or a celebrity or whatever, whatever. And I knew that I needed to go to university. I knew that I needed to find a husband that was grounded, that we could build a life that had healthy children, that was not on the West Coast. There were sort of these markers, but actual just relief and joy just always seemed that it would only, it could only be possible after drama, trauma, lots of pain, lots of hard work. And that's from my own psyche. So interesting. Like, I think that's why I asked this question, because I think it is such a turbulent, interesting, weird area, this notion of happiness. When I'm happy, there is a period of enormous anxiety because I am absolutely certain that something bad has to happen because I'm happy. It and can't I, last. But so maybe all we can do is literally know that about ourselves. I don't know. I've been wor- I feel like I've been working on that particular thing like my whole life. You I know. think so. I think I have too. I mean, that's why I sort of had this other checklist. Right. So that I could at least yeah. say like, no, 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 no. That's, you're happy there. Yeah. You, you love your children. Do yeah. children love you? I, I feel like there's going to be a price to pay. Yeah. For being happy. And that it's inevitable that it can't last. I think that's trauma. I, I really think that has all the hallmarks of trauma. Just in the therapy I've done, all the books that I've read, the idea that there must be payment for it comes from a, a young person's mind of going, these bad things happened because I was happy or the norm is the hard things happening. But I do think it's associated with trauma. I mean, I remember that every time I would have a, a plan that we were excited about, I never believed it was really going to happen because it would change because I'd get a job. And so I sort of lived in this sort of like, just be at the ready all the time because you're just going to have to spring into action in some way. And, you know, all, that's also, I think, the trauma of living with an alcoholic mother is that you never know really what, what you're going to get yeah what you're going to get and yeah. and how long the good part is going to last yeah. yeah you know i used to say i wrote this in my book i said you know i remember saying to my mom once i wish i just only knew you in the mornings because in the morning hours she was peppy and up and we would get our coffee and our roll with butter and we laughed and, we, and by the time three o'clock came I knew. I'd look at I'd look at the way her lipstick looked and I thought, oh God. Okay, she's already hitting the sauce. So let's see. Let's see what's let's see what's gonna unfold. And I think you're always living at the ready and doing doing the movie like Pretty Baby when I was a baby. 11 yeah. was just trauma. <laughs> Even as a child, I knew that you were gonna have to somehow survive that beginning. I knew that you were going to make it out the other side. I remember just being so impressed, knowing you and knowing just how warm and generous and interesting and interested you are in life. When I think about the impact of like your image in advertising and in the movies, like it, it was so kind of, it was so iconic and distant, but I never forget. It's so funny. I, re- always, rem- I always remember when you went to school, I always remember hearing that and really feeling like, there's something else beyond being appreciated for 
how beautiful or by how marketable or how big a movie star someone is, that there is this, there's this other world. And it felt, it felt important to, to remember that. I mean, I think I knew that I, in order for me to be whole and to survive, but really survive, like thrive, not yeah. survive, you know, I remember thinking this will be the one thing that can't be taken away from you. I thought I was going to be heralded and welcomed back into this industry that I was not only an actress, but I was now an intelligent actress. <laughs> I was a scholar. And that clearly was not the way it happened. But I remember thinking, if I don't cultivate my intellect and have it be a tool for me, I'm not sure I'm emotionally prepared to continue in the spotlight in this yeah. world. Yeah. I needed something that was just mine. And of course, the whole industry took it as a threat. <laughs> they, wow. I was all of a sudden threatening to them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so that was interesting. <laughs> Hello. Jamila Jamil here. You may know me from my role in The Good Place or from She-Hulk or from social media and my activism. I Way basically started as a social movement and my podcast is one of my truly greatest achievements. It's a podcast against shame and a place for us to have really honest and truly inclusive conversations. I love connecting with people. I love learning. I have a lot to learn and I'm inviting you along with me. On I Way with Jamila Jamil, I have friends, activists, specialists and absolute heroes join me to teach me from their experience and expertise. People like Conan O'Brien, Jane Fonda, Roxanne Gay, Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Byer, Alok, Kelly Rowland, and more. I Weigh with Jamila Jamil has new episodes out every Tuesday, and you can find the show on earwolf.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step, and you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. 
Listen to Woke App Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What is the quality that you like least about yourself? Oh, that my insecurities surrounding my talent still pop up. That I still pine for recognition for actual talent. It's still a journey that I have to go through to not compare myself and say, but do they think you're talented? I'm in these meetings, I'm a CEO, I'm, I'm all of this, I'm my phrase children. I have to remind myself daily that I am good enough. Do you think there's two things going on, which is sort of the external impact of it and the way that you yourself think about it? I, I think it is most definitely two-pronged. I, I think that from a very early age, I was so constantly criticized Oh my God, I thought you were going to say, I was so constantly told how great I was. Oh. No. And it was on such a public level. Yeah. And everything had a disclaimer. Not, but she's pretty, but it was always sort of, well, she's not a vocal powerhouse if I was singing, or she's no somebody, and then they'll pick the person who just won the Academy Award or somebody. And, you know, every time I had an interview, you could feel the tone. And, it, and I was so young. And then later on, I read all of it. And I was so raked over the coals for, for not being talented mm. that it was, it was always sort of like, she doesn't have to be because she can just look that way. Mm. And that's also why I wanted to go to university is because I, I thought I'm so much more than mm. all of this. When I was invited <laughs> to purely do comedy, that was the first time that I ever really understood where my talent was unique. And it was so natural to me. I mean, you know, comedic actresses are not as sort of brilliantly praised the way drama is. And, and that's, you know, it's fine. That is not something I covet doing. The purity in comedy to me is just is where I find a great deal of joy. There was a movie on the other night and it was a comedy with two women and my kids were watching it and I had loved the movie. And I started going down the rabbit hole hmm. saying... My kids don't know that I can do that. And all of a sudden, this was like this insecurity just wafted over me. And I thought, okay, <laughs> you have got to get your shit together. I don't know why you're doing this. But I think you're right. I think a lot of that comes from trauma from childhood. This profession, being an actor, <laughs> it is, 
There are just so many schisms in it. Like, faulted people make really good actors. It's like we're trying to fill a, a bit of a void. And it's not enough that you think you're good. It's not enough that one can sort of self-generate. You have to have other people also <laughs> drink the Kool-Aid. Like yeah. I said in, in my book, I said it's not, you know, you're not expected to win the lottery once. You're expected to win it over and over again. <laughs> and then you're also punished when you don't win the fucking lottery. Even though I didn't have the same experience of you, I was not a child actor or model or icon. But that same feeling of where is the next job? If no one's hiring me, your self-worth can be around your feet if you let it. It's endemic in this, in this industry as well. I mean, it's funny because I used to, to say, oh, I mean, I, would, I went to the Academy Awards when I was a baby. That was just nirvana to me. And I coveted it, you know, I coveted it, coveted, coveted. And finally, what my therapist said, she's like, why? And I said, you know why? Because of other opportunity. And that's all it was about for me, really. Someone would probably Want call you, you the next something? day and oh, say, no. do another movie. Isn't and you're like, yes, yes, I'll do another movie. But isn't it crazy that that never, goes, that, that never goes away? I mean, I'm sure there are people for whom it does. I don't think Tilda Swinton is worrying about, like, her next. no. I think it's very hard to carve it out, though. Like, if you've got to make a living, I don't know. I've spoken to more actors who feel this way, and then I think there are these these creature-like, bird-like anomalies <laughs> who who can who can kind of apparently conjure it out of nowhere. I've always had to be, basically, I've always been a brand. You know, I've always been yeah, right. nurturing something so that we could pay our mortgage. Or if you did this movie, we got a car. Everything was basically transactional. So there was never a plan to, mm. to concentrate on craft. You know, my mother, I mean, she wasn't a manager. She just, she was like, look, as long as they're talking about you, yeah. just keep and your name you out brand. there. Right. And that was okay because yeah, I got very rewarded for it. I was liked and I went to a good school. So to me, it was just, how do you make a living just being you? Yeah, that's 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 exactly that's exactly it. That has always been my approach as well. What question would you most like answered? Oh, the ones that we've loved who've died. Where where do they go? Uh -huh. Where are they? I lost my best friend. He was sort of just like an extension of me. And when you lose someone like that so they so young and he took his own life and I can't reconcile it to this mm. day, you know, and it's over, you know, 20 years ago. And those are the answers. I would just love it to know, you know, and have it be beautiful. <laughs> I just want to know that they're okay. I mean, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I want to know that he doesn't regret his decision. Mm. I never was afraid of death until recently for some odd reason. I had a youthful attitude about it. Just live every day with gratitude. I really do. And I, I can find joy. I mean, you know, I was biking and there was a little boy with a nanny, I think, and their dog. And she was walking him to a play date or something like that. And he stopped and he said, hi. <laughs> and he must have been like, five, six. And I could tell that the nanny was trying to shuffle him away. But he was very forward and 
wanted to engage and talk with me. And of course, I stopped and I engaged with him. And I said, look, look at this color of this bike. It's yellow. And isn't it a pretty color yellow? And he's like, we're going to Frenchie's house or something like that. And I said, oh, that's wonderful. I said, you just have the best time. I don't know his name. I didn't know anybody. We're all strangers. And he said, you have nice bike time. And I, I was like, I, I just <laughs> thanked him and I went on my way and I started crying. I was like, like a blubbering idiot because it was so pure. I find such joy. And then in recent times, I've started to fear losing it. Everything is moving so quickly. And you just start thinking, oh, God, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to die one day, you know, and I, I didn't plan for this. <laughs> I'm bugging on, yeah, facing my mortality when mm-hmm. I really just want to be having interactions with small, pure little kids saying, no. have a nice bike time. <laughs> have a nice bike time. Don't die. Have, yeah, don't die. <laughs> The irony would have been I got hit by a truck right after I turned away. <laughs> the nanny would have been the only person who could recount the story. What happened? But, right oh, my God. She would have moved on. <laughs> Hello, Jamila Jamil here. You may know me from my role in The Good Place or from She-Hulk or from social media and my activism. I Weigh basically started as a social movement and my podcast is one of my truly greatest achievements. It's a podcast against shame and a place for us to have really honest and truly inclusive conversations. I love connecting with people. I love learning. I have a lot to learn and I'm inviting you along with me. On I Weigh with Jamila Jamil, I have friends, activists, specialists and absolute heroes join me to teach me from their experience and expertise. People like Conan O'Brien, Jane Fonda, Roxanne Gay, Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Byer, Alok, Kelly Rowe, Roland, and more. I Weigh with Jamila Jamil has new episodes out every Tuesday and you can find the show on earwolf.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. In your life, what person, place, or experience most altered it? I had a very bad accident just over a year ago. I was in hospital for a month and I got a staph infection and a blood Mm. clot and nobody could visit me because it was COVID. I think it was the most alone I'd ever felt and I was really scared. And I realized that I just was so much more of a fighter and a survivor than I probably ever really gave myself credit for. Mm. And It's when I decided full on to start my own company and and sort of create this movement for women over 40 and really sort of harness that energy to make a difference for women. It just felt like, okay, you didn't die. So what are you going to do now? I mean, I'm so sorry that you were hurt. It's so interesting how look at that. Like when you've had a kind of near death experience and yet out of that comes this clarity and this decision and this strength and this idea of what this next chapter is going to be. The only thing that I could do was learn how to walk. And I had to learn how to walk again, which was so bizarre. I had to tell my brain to tell my leg to keep to move. And, and I thought, okay, you're going to walk faster than anybody has ever walked <laughs> with this injury. <laughs> yeah, I made them give me PT twice a day. And it was funny because people, lots of people were like, why do you think it happened? You know, were you moving too quickly (laughs) through life? Did you need to find more gratitude? I was like, no, shit happens. Yeah, It was an accident. The accident itself didn't come from the universe to slow me down in my pursuits or whatever. It, It just happened. But how I responded to it was going to be the defining factor. You know, it was just an important time. I mean, 
I remember one other, when I lost my first child, I lost a lot of my, my youthfulness that next day. Like by that next day, I remember thinking, oh, you're an adult now. You're, you're different. How old were you when that happened? I was uh, 30, 31, oh, so 31, young. I think, 32. God. And, you know, I immediately went to my fault. Of course, it had to be my fault. And it was really important for me to learn that it's actually an unviable pregnancy that is nature taking care of that for you. I didn't take too many yoga classes or I didn't do anything wrong. You know, it wasn't a fault of mine. And that was kind of that. I I grew up a lot from that. Um, But this last, this last sort of experience just sort of brought me into my next chapter. I think that's, I mean, I think that actually answers one of my other questions is in your life, can you tell me about something that has grown out of a personal disaster? And I think that... That would be the loss, yeah. Well, both, actually. Well, also, when I lost that first baby, I had had a very, very invasive surgery years earlier and actually couldn't even get pregnant naturally. Had to do IVF, and that baby was implanted through my belly button, actually. It's odd. Wow. I could argue I was still a virgin, I guess. (laughs) But so that was the pregnancy that took, and then I lost that pregnancy. In the loss of it, it actually uh, changed my physical being in a way. I had a lot of scar tissue and the miscarriage was sort of so violent that it actually created space so that I was able to then get pregnant naturally. You know, that was definitely a change and a gift. So you don't always know the reason for things that quickly. That's really, really amazing. I've talked about it a little bit on here. Like I was told I couldn't have children, like flat out when I was eighteen. So just it was never, it was never something I thought was going to happen. So when I, when I got pregnant, it was so interesting. Like wondering whether it was the psychosomatic idea of you know this old patrician doctor who'd said you're never going to get pregnant, or whether there was something physiological as I grew older. Just your things move around and change. I mean, you had something, you had an actual, you know, surgery, which, which helped it. But I, I wonder so much about that. We just put a lot Mm. of emotional judgment on, on all these things that happen in life, but it's really just life, lifing. It is just life. We always want to find meaning. Yeah. Yeah. The poetry in it. And, and sometimes it's just, it just is, you know. I think it just is. I think life just lifes and you you can attach whatever meaning you choose to all of mm-hmm. it. It is amazing to me, like all these things that have happened to you. I think you've been blessed with a really big life. Big hands, big life, Brooke. <laughs> Grabbing it in. <laughs> Grabbing it Grab onto it <laughs> like a bear. <laughs> like a really iconic koala. <laughs> You can hear more from Brooke on her podcast, Now What? with Brooke Shields from iHeartRadio. Brooke interviews guests about the most pivotal moments in their life. Previous guests include Patton Oswald and Gina Davis, with new episodes released every Tuesday. Also, be sure to check out Beginning Is Now, which is a global community Brooke started for women over 40 to celebrate strength, 
wisdom, optimism, and humor in each other. Find out more at beginningisnow.com. Mini Questions is hosted and written by me, Mini Driver. Supervising producer, Aaron Kaufman. Producer, Morgan Lavoy. Research assistant, Marissa Brown. Original music, Sorry Baby, by Mini Driver. Additional music by Aaron Kaufman. Executive produced by me, Mini Driver. Special thanks to Jim Nicolay, Will Pearson, Addison O'Day, Lisa Castella and Anique Oppenheim at WKPR, Dela Pescador, Kate Driver and Jason Weinberg, and for constantly solicited tech support, Henry Driver. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company Centratech. I'll explore how three 20-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.